Hello, may I welcome you to episode 68 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover how my guests began within the industry some 23 years ago, at the ripe old age of 40. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end moving matters with a funny moving story regarding Mrs. Mad. My guest this episode is Rod Hepworth, director of It's Your Move Ilkley. Enjoy. Good morning, Rod. Welcome to Moving Matters. How are you this morning? Good morning, Colin. I'm very well, considering for Monday morning, but the sun's shining all well in the world. Good, good. Can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry? Yeah, so I, my name's Rod. I'm 63 years old, and I'm the uh, director of It's Your Move Ilkley Limited. I've been in the industry now 23 years, started at 40 years of age, would you believe it? Prior to that, I'd done all sorts of things in life, including... Uh, a cow inseminator, professional DJ, etc., <laughs> etc. Et and like everything else I've done in life, including inseminating cows, I just literally fell into it. And how did you fall into it? At the time, I was a professional DJ working in pubs back in the day when they had DJs four nights a week and then doing weddings, etc., at weekends. And in our local pub in Ilkley, um, we had a group of guys would come into the pub every night and stand in the same place and we call them the immovables even though they're all removable men. <laughs> and um, so i i would dj at night and then talk to these guys and originally because i was working at night and not during the daytime at the time i would help out on the vans occasionally and got to learn how to do removals that way it was more man and van removals at the time so I wasn't learning from a really professional companies. In our town, there was a river company called Forest back in the day in the 80s and 90s, going back two generations. There were two big removal companies in our area, Forest of Ilkley and Willis of Skipton. And um, both going back second, third generations, etc., etc. Willis of Skipton, as you know, are still thriving. Probably the best run removals company in the north of England, I think. Sadly, Forest of Ilkley went to the wall in the uh, 90s due to uh, whiskey problems and VAT problems, shall we say. Oh, dear. So when Forest went to the wall, and they were a large company at one time, they operated from the next terrace street to where our office is now. And on this small terrace street, they would have six Pantechnican wagons parked at any one time, which you can't even park a small car there now. It's just crazy how things have changed. But they were running out of Ilkley when, because of the VAT, et cetera, et cetera, they, they disbanded. Several of the guys that used to work for them formed their own small companies, but they were running around with single vans and somehow still to this day. So even though they knew how to do removals, they were operating more of a man and van type business. So basically, I, I helped on the removals in the day. And then totally separate to this, 
I uh, managed to buy some land in the south of France and build a house in the south of France. So I bought a van off eBay in 2004 from a company near Southampton called It's Your Move, who had a great guy as an owner and still runs it to this day, called Bob, a six-foot-five Indian guy. And his business card was, you've uh, had the cowboys, now try the Indians. <laughs> That's awesome. To buy the van, yeah, I literally flew down to Southampton Airport, bought the van off Bob, brought it back up, kept the signage on the van, just changed the telephone numbers eventually, but in the meantime, did two runs down to the south of France with furniture for the newly built house. Yeah. So when I came back with that job done, basically, I thought, can I start a little sideline now? Something during the daytime to complement the uh, DJing business. So we started out just running around doing small jobs and then moving on to starting to do removals. We started out as a definitive business. It's your move, Ilta Limited, in 2007. I spoke to Bob about keeping our name and he was happy with that. We just made a slight change to call it It's Your Move, Ilta Limited. So we started in 2007 and gone on from there, really. So can you tell everybody, obviously we know your company now, but the services you do offer? Yeah, we offer removals and storage and packing services, mainly domestic, local, national and international, but we'll work with forwarding companies now for international yeah. moves. Not as easy as it used to be, is it, international? It's not, no, we, we, we would often run with smaller vehicles onto the continent. We have an operator's license, but not an international one, so and that limits us to what we can do. But we've, we've successfully done removals all over the world to uh, the USA, Dubai, Australia. By working with foreign companies, we can do the export wrapping. The client is with us, but we'll work with foreign companies. But the vast majority are domestic uh, removals. We do some small commercials, but because we're based in a small town uh, as opposed to a city, the demand for that is not too great. So mainly domestic removals, local and national. And how many vehicles and crew do you run? Currently, we have uh, two HGVs, a 7.5 tonne and a 12 tonne. We have four low loaders and um, one panel van and a garden van we use, which is an old transit, basically. And labour force? Labour force is we have seven full-time and part-time on the books, including uh, office manager and surveyor. And we use a few self-employed guys to help out on busy days as well. But the core team will be seven of our guys. Any storage, Rod? The storage, we, we store it with uh, Willis of Skipton, as I mentioned earlier. They're just 10 miles down the road. We started out storing with them back in the day, and we've carried on to this day. We've got a very good relationship with them. Um, I'm their best customer. <laughs> with the check they get every month, or bank transfer they get every month from us, but I'm also their biggest competitors we have a very good relationship considering that we are competing against each other for a lot of removal again just goes to show that in this industry competitors work together yeah it's i i think i've learned it's far better to have friends and enemies i've learned a lot in the last few years because i came from a man and van background i could i, I learned how to pack a load of a van but when it came to things like pricing and cubing, et cetera, et cetera, I've learned from other companies, basically. They've been very kind. They've passed on knowledge to me over the last few years. I'm a member of a WhatsApp group as well. 
called the West Yorkshire Brigade. Um, I think it might be mentioned on, on this podcast before, involving people like Danny Pollard, Paul Taylor, Kieran Malarkey, Paul Beasley, Stacey Aaron from Darwin. All local companies have and they together, they've taught me a lot and we help each other out. Yeah. Not when it comes to pricing, etc., because we often we quote against each other and do the job, but uh, access checks, things like yeah. that, we help each other out. And I found, particularly someone like Paul Taylor, even though he's half my age, <laughs> he has helped me immeasurably on how to quote for jobs and what systems for using for pricing, etc., which I had no idea about until speaking to other people like Paul, who've been really helpful to us. And if we can't do a job, if we're unable, if we get fully booked up, I'll put it in the group. You know, we have, we have a job where you can't, can anybody else fill in for us on this job and we'll pass the work on them and vice versa. So it really works to have, I'm finding, to have friends in this industry that has been a massive help for us. Yeah. I'm surprised Paul can help you in all honesty because he spends most of his time on an aeroplane to and from Tenerife. He does, yeah. Tenders as he calls it. He absolutely does. <laughs> He'll love me for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> He's either on an airplane to Tenerife or under a sunbed on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's a great guy. We had, him over, we had him over at our house with the family last weekend. I think it was 4.30 when we got to bed. And oh, that was the word. kids. I don't think we went to bed. I think the kids went to bed at 4.30. But <laughs> we, you know, we had a good night together. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, he's a good guy. So you never fancied having your own storage then? Uh, no, well, yes, obviously, but the way we, we, we are situated in a beautiful valley called the Wharf Valley. So to get the kind of warehouse premises that we would need for storage, A, it's just out of our price bracket now with the with cost of land. And we would have to go into the urban areas like Bradford, Leeds, Keithley, etc., to where we could pick up the sort of warehousing we would need. That, at my stage of life now, I just couldn't imagine anything worse than to travel to Leeds or Bradford or Keith every day. So, as I say, we've had a relationship with Willis of Skipton since we started in 2007, and it's ongoing. They're just down the road from us. Uh, they're very good for getting everything out from when we need them, buying full containers or empty containers for our wagons. So it works for us. There's no headache if storage goes a little bit quiet. We've got no headaches of having to fill the warehouse to make mortgage payments, etc., etc. So it, for us at the moment, it works for us. We've got storage facility in Italy for all our storage requirements, boxes, right. covers, etc. But yeah. at the moment, we're happy with our present arrangements. Cool. Are you in an association at all? We're currently members of uh, Move Assured, mm-hmm. and we have been for three years now, which is more aimed at the smaller movers like ourselves, small independent movers. We weren't allowed... To join the BAR, even though I had a couple of discussions at trade meetings with Ian Stud about this, because for 20 years I ran my the office from my home in Ilkley. Right. Yeah. It was a dedicated office on the top floor with lovely views of Ilkley Moor, and I always said you know, any, any clients was welcome at any time to come around and have a cup of coffee yeah. with me, but it made us ineligible to join the BAR. But since moving to our new premises, which has got an office, we are now currently in the process of joining, hopefully, the BAR in the not-too-distant future. We have a meeting with Peter next Tuesday cool. to see if we're compliant. I'm sure we won't be compliant in everything, but we're on the right road to getting there, I hope. And even if you were still working from home, you are now allowed to join. They have removed that. You're joking. All right, Lizzie, get the office up on right move. 
<laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a contention with me that yeah. I, I knew we ran a first-class business. Um, without mentioning any names, we could compete equally with any BAR company around here. If you look at our Google reviews, that will testify that. But it was one of the things we couldn't do. And I'm glad it's now changed as well because it will open the door to a lot of small independent companies who you know, run a professional service but just do it from home as opposed to some cases a port cabin in somebody's yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what challenges have you had to overcome then, Rod? Uh, you won't go into the cow <laughs> insemination. I'm thinking more of the removal industry. <laughs> in the removal industry, basically it's learning to grow. We, we started that because I came from a background of still to this day and there are around seven companies in, this, in town we're the only, we're the only VAT registered company for start, which can be a hindrance, but we're the only one that would go out to job and, and cube it as such on a survey because we train now to convert volume into cubic feet, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. When I started out, we would just do everything but with what's called the rack of eye. How many van loads do you need? Right. <laughs> so so we've, we've learned over the years to try and beam up, again, by talking to other companies and learning and going on courses, et cetera. We've been on you know, several courses to improve and learn and basically get to do the service on a professional level. Yeah. You think you're doing professionally, but you're not. So the challenge has been to b- become a professional company as opposed to what we thought was professional, but it certainly wasn't, and adapt along those lines, you know, and then putting staff on contracts, et cetera, et cetera, to get ourselves running as, as we should, basically. It's been a challenge because... None of it came natural. We had to learn to do these things as we've gone along. Yeah, yeah. As you would in, in any business, really. Yeah, I thought, I thought because I could stack a van, that was me. I was a fully qualified removal man. It, it turns out, you know, there's so much, particularly in this day and age, particularly to join the BAR, there's so many boxes you have to tick now. You have to have a pap test done on, on a kettle and things, which, things like that, which I tend to rile against because of my background. You have to be compliant and you have to yeah. do health and safety. And it, yeah. These have been challenges for us, but I'm pleased to say we're, we're overcoming them, I hope, one by one. I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine when Peter comes up to see you. Yeah. Also, another challenge will be in 2013 when we went VAT registered. We were the only VAT registered company in this town. I think we still are. So when you, when you, when, when you have to put 20%, onto a quote when you compete against your local companies that was a challenge but again we've grown year on year out so it's another challenge we've overcome by trying to get across paying for a service as opposed to just going in for the cheapest price to try and get the job you're trying to sell yourself as a service as opposed to just moving furniture if that makes sense so is that how you try and compete with the non-vat registered companies you have to do it. And you know when you go to do a survey, some clients are interested in the fact that we're going to protect the furniture with covers and stuff. Yeah. The yeah. staff have been trained to do it, et cetera, et cetera. And we have yeah. the proper insurance policy in place if anything does go wrong, which it seldom does, but occasionally will. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know that some clients are just going to buy on price, whatever you can sell them, but you're not going to get every job either. But, we, yeah, yeah, so. The thing is that 20%. It's an awful lot, isn't it? If you're, if you're both in at, at, at the same net price, even if it's 500 quid, £100 saving is quite big. Yeah, and one of our local rivals had it on their business cards, no VAT. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's hardly a selling point in truth, is it? No, but this is the market we're in in this small yeah. town. 
but it's never hindered us once to be, to be honest with you. We, we've just grown year in year out we've, we've increased our turnover every year so uh, we've overcome these challenges along the way good good so if you could change anything from your moving past what would it be it would be to learn it quicker I suppose technology has helped as well by being invited to join a WhatsApp group with other removal companies and learn things. For years, I stumbled along on our own, basically. Would you have learned more if you'd have gone and worked for somebody else first then, Rod? Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. But for us, I've been self-employed since 1988 and probably probably wouldn't want to go down that route now anyway at my stage in life. But if I'd started out working for a Pickford's or or a Britannia Willis, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would, think I would have learned, I would have been inquisitive and learned a lot more. But starting as a man and van company, we've learned it all now. But if I could have learned it quicker, if I could have got on board to how professional companies work earlier, I think we would have possibly gone forward a little bit quicker. But really, it probably, it's probably, everything happens for a reason, doesn't it? And as we've progressed and grown, it probably all happened in the right time scale. But if I could have done it earlier, I probably would have done. So what is your high point of being within the industry? I'm hoping that's still to come once we get acceptance to join the BAR. Good man, I like that answer. We go to the annual conferences like uh, the big needs up that you just had in Brighton. Which... Oh, absolutely. And what a, what a great conference Brighton was, having just got back yesterday. It was absolutely brilliant. I haven't seen many um, much footage of the conference. I've seen many of the bars and the... Uh... <laughs> it's not called bar for any, any other reason. Um, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and the socialising side of it, which I think is great. But that, that hopefully, once we get acceptance, I say once, not if, but because I'm convinced we will do once we're compliant and get accepted. I think that would be the high point of going to BAR. Yeah. On the financial side, COVID was an undoubted high point. <laughs> uh, as we all know, they were the, as we call in our group, the, it was the golden age of removals. And I think I don't think those days will ever come back, but they were. It, was it probably definitely. wasn't COVID. It was probably the stamp duty holiday. It was a stamp duty yeah. holiday. Which was yeah. put on by COVID, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the nine-week break we had... <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we had beautiful weather. I, I would think that was a high point. We, I used to go walking every day, and uh, I said to Neil, who was our surveyor, we, we used to, we'd go for a walk one day a week, um, myself and Neil and Dexter the dog. And I, I said, once we go back to work, we're going to carry on having our daily walks, Neil. This is not going to stop. Of course, I don't think I've been on, on a walk with him since. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it, yeah, so you can't call COVID a high point. But from a financial, from a business point of view, we doubled our turnover in the first year in that year. So that was a high point financially. I mean, let's face it. If, if there's a company out there that didn't do well during the stamp duty holiday in the removal industry, they shouldn't be in the removal industry. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think I think join, joining the BAR will be will be a high point once we once we get to it. And and move, moving into this office, employing an office manager, Lizzie. We have now, there's days when I come around looking at this office and see the, everything that's going on and wonder how the hell we got to this. Really? And, and, I, and I got Rod Hepworth director on a business card thinking, what? <laughs> you know, a little bit of imposter syndrome still, still kicks in <laughs> as well. So running the office, having an office manager, yeah, these are all ongoing high points. And it's all part of the growing process, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, we, and we are growing. Sometimes... I wish I could take a step back and not grow quite as much. And maybe, maybe the incoming work will, will see to that. But 
something inside me will want to keep on growing and, and not take a step back, even though I'd, li I'd like to do it because of my age, etc., etc. But I am learning to delegate a bit more now. By we have got an office manager now. Yeah. I don't go on the vans often now. We've got fantastic lads who work for us who get fantastic praise back from the customers. Good. But my son's working in the business now. So there is a succession then? So there will be a succession, I hope. Good. If he still has the, the same... Drive? Ambition? Same drive, same drive he's showing now to a degree. And, that, and he continues, but he's only 21, so he's only learning. He's on the vans every day now. But yeah, we, there is a point of where I can see us hopefully carrying on providing a career for him in the future as well. But that's the best place for him to start. Most removal companies, when the children come into the business, they're put onto the vans. Get them on the vans, learn the removal industry, and then they start bringing them into the office and doing the odd survey, because obviously they've done loads of moves, so they should be able to, to survey volume quite easily. Yeah, exactly. I want to get, I want to get make him feel that, it, again, our industry hasn't got the best name at times, and that, that, that's, that's sad, I think, because, because it yeah. feels, I think it's a proper industry. I'll encourage him to join the Young Movers. Please have him join at ASAP. Exactly. Because they are a wonderful group. Yeah, I've heard so many good things about them. I know Kieran, before he got booted out for being too old, Kieran Malaki. <laughs> well, he says too old, but yeah, I'm sure there's other reasons. He was always on some big <laughs> jolly up, and I heard Tommy speaking on, the, on one of the podcasts recently about how good it is. So I had a meeting with Ben the other day and I said, we need to get you involved with this as well. So, that, so he can feel that, you know, he can learn as well. He can learn a lot quicker than I did. He will learn an awful lot from the Young Movers. They are an amazing group. I think at the conference they said they've got like 180 members now or something like that. I thought about playing myself, Colin, but I just got probably meet the criteria now. But... <laughs> That's what I said to him the other day. <laughs> Can you make the age limit higher? Maybe we need to start an old movers group. Old movers group, yeah. But I certainly qualify for that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So what one thing would you change in the moving industry? The, the one thing I would change and you've heard it this countless times on these podcasts, is the actual mechanism for moving houses. Well, the whole convincing system. Yes, the yeah. whole system to me is just totally outdated, disjointed. The one thing I learned, when I, when I used to go to Britannia Willis' office in Skipton and I saw Dan Willis with a pencil in his diary every day, and I thought, why do you use a pencil? And why do you use a pen? <laughs> it's because you can cross out you're rubbing out constantly rubbing out every day dates changing moving can you fit us in this date and even though we've got systems now in place from our end where we we take full payment to go in the diary another thing i learned from you know from fellow movers that gives us a degree of certainty and we offer cancellation waivers etc etc still Good. now often we can't be assured that a job is going to happen even in the same week where we book staff and vehicles assigned to that job yeah. because they've not exchanged contracts. So if I could change one thing, it probably would be to put a definitive time between exchange and completion. So a minimum of a two or three week period where the client can know that they can book in with confidence that that's going to move. It's a legally binding move. So that, that's the one thing I would change. And also obviously the old one about of the key, key delay on the day, find a way of making access easier and earlier to get into the client's new house. And with your local competitors not being VAT registered, would you also like to lower the VAT threshold or remove the VAT threshold to give you a more even playing field? Oh, certainly. It's certain to lower it. I mean, 
20% is ridiculous in my opinion, but if it, it, it certainly I would love to see the VAT threshold lowered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, in our because of our market particularly, we're up against this constantly. So the VAT that would be another thing I would certainly would like to see the VAT the VAT lowered. Yes, yeah, that would certainly change that. I can't see any sign of that at the moment with this present government. They seem to be the most left wing socialist government we've ever come across. But yeah, lower corp take corporation tax back. I think that's totally disincentivizes these companies and lower the VAT threshold would be another thing I could change. Well, I just remember Adam Mason on his podcast episode saying lower the VAT threshold or remove the VAT threshold altogether because even a quick calculation, if you're a man in a van, you've got to be earning more than 1500 pounds a week. Well, that takes you over the VAT threshold. Exactly, yeah. If you're running a legal company. Yeah, exactly. I'll just leave that there on that one, but about saying them off. So what advice would you give yourself just starting out again? Uh, do it 20 years earlier. Because I started removals at 40 years old. If I would started removals at 20 years old, I think we'd be even in a stronger position than we are now. So I love the industry and always have done. But in a quite fortuitous falling into it at my time of life. But I would love to have started earlier. That would be my biggest advice. I had a successful career as a cow inseminator. And, um, <laughs> that makes me giggle, that does. Well, yes. I had a 96% conception rate. So that's not to be giggled that Colin, I tell you. <laughs> and I also had a, I had a 17-year special <clears throat> career as a, as a full-time DJ. I loved doing that. Yeah. But... Cow inseminating, you know, that industry changed basically. And I'd had enough of working every Saturday night as a DJ. So um, removals industry, twenty. if I did it when I was 20, not 40, that would be the one thing I would change, do it earlier. So what's the one thing you love about the removal industry? What I love about it, I just, I, I love, even though we deal with a lot of freaks, whether they're working for us or we're working for them, <laughs> Every time, every time we move somebody, every client's got a different story to tell. Mostly yeah. happy, mostly. Um, I love meeting clients. I love the client side of it. I love when when our staff leave a job and we get fantastic feedback from the clients that you made our move so easy. And that's due to the fantastic staff we have. Um, I love the feedback we get from a successful client having a successful move. For me personally, as well, I used to love getting out every day on the vans. I do miss going on the vans now, I must be honest, although the staff will tell me that the rules we're doing these days are a lot different to the rules I was doing when we were down to when we were man and van, but <laughs> it's a lot harder now than it was then. But I used to love back in the day when I would just we'd get a last minute move to the south of France and just jump in a van or hire a wagon and set off down to the south of France with, that, with a minute's notice. And every day will be different, even though you're moving, it involves moving, lifting things every day. Yeah. Every day goes somewhere different. It's a different client most days. So I, I love all that side of it. For me, it's the people in the industry. And the, the people you meet in the industry, definitely, Colin. Some of my best friends now. Yeah. I've met through the industry. James, who's worked for me for 14 years now, since he left school. He's one of my best friends. All the other guys that work for us, they're really friendly. Liz. Our office manager is a good friend, but people from other companies, Paul Taylor, Kieran Malarkey, etc. They came to my wedding, and they're good friends. We've even we sponsored my local football club together once. So met some fantastic people yeah. in the industry. Yes, yes. Where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years? Let's concentrate on yourself first. Myself? Where do I see myself? Hmm. Um. Doing a little bit less. 
delegating a little bit more. You're sounding like Paul Taylor now. He's 30 years old, Colin. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm 63. I, I can never see myself retiring. I don't know what I would do, but I, w- I would like personally to delegate a bit more. And one of my passions in life is traveling. And to be able to take a couple of months off in one go would be out of this world instead of a couple of weeks. I'd settle for a couple of weeks for now, but eventually I would like to do a bit less, delegate more and take more of a backward step yeah. as the company moves forward. But regarding the company, just to keep on keeping on, basically, without wishing to take over the world, if we can maintain the staff levels and vehicle levels we have now, I'd probably be quite happy to go along with that. And the industry? Do you see any change over the next five years? No, not really. I, I didn't mean to be flippant by saying that, but I can't see big changes happening. I can't, can't see anything now that we it might improve us. On the software side of the industry, we use software now, Removals Manager, which has been a game changer for me yeah. by using software. That's already sort of in with us now. We do video surveys now for distance moves. Yeah. So I, I don't know what could be improved on that really from that point of view. And at the end of the day, removals have to be done by people. We can't yeah. use AI for that, I don't believe. I hear people saying bringing, what's the word, Colin, uh, for the three-and-a-half-ton industry, bringing... Oh, bringing some legislation. Legislation for the three-and-a-half-ton industry. I, I don't really agree with that. If companies want to be compliant with the law, they will be. If they don't, they'll find a way around it. I can't see that electric vehicles having too much of an impact We've had to upgrade our fleet because of the emission zones, et cetera, in London yeah. and cities. So we're, we're already in the process of upgrading the fleet now. Probably, we'll probably have to upgrade to Euro 7s next, which will be more cost and more ridiculousness in my point of view. But I can't see any great changes happening, if I'm honest with you. See, when it comes down to legislation, I now wonder whether we need legislation or whether we just need some more law enforcement agents yes. out there pulling these trucks over these low loaders and weighing them and literally issuing the fines, et cetera, et cetera. It, it definitely needs more, more enforcement of the current laws rather than new legislation, yeah, definitely. So what do you do outside of the industry to switch off then, Rod? Well, one of the, one of the biggest problems I've had in, by being a workaholic over the years, whether it's <laughs> carrying, seminating, DJing or moving furniture, is my hobbies, I've always had to take a back step to work. I gave up playing football in my mid-20s because I was working weekends and uh, golf took a, a backward step. But I've always had a lifelong, um, and some people hate me for this, but um, a love of Manchester United. I've followed them all, mm. all over Europe over the years and I've had a season ticket there for many years. I gave that up a few years ago by becoming a bit more disillusioned with the way football was going. Hold on a minute. You're in the north. How can you support Manchester United? I thought it was only Southerners that supported Manchester United. Uh, well, I... I <laughs> I, I, I live in a town full of Leeds United supporters and I grew up in Manchester because I, uh, I fell in love with George Best at seven years old and the actual geography Good of... Good old George Best. The, the geography way football team didn't make any sense to me then, so I just supported George Best, basically. Yeah, but yeah I, I, I'm surrounded by Leeds United supporters in this town and it's been a, what's the word, a challenge at times supporting United, but... Yeah, so that's been one of my main hobbies, following United. I also follow and sponsor our local team, Geisley as well so following football has always been a big hobby yeah travel i love to travel holidays etc etc and that's one thing i want to do in the future spend more time exploring parts of the world i've not yet seen super stuff 
and attending concerts. I'm a big Bruce. I got into DJing through a love of music. I, I didn't play any instrument, but I've always been a massive music fan and Bruce Springsteen fan in particular. And I followed him all over the world and just recently back from seeing him in Barcelona a couple of weeks ago. Which was oh, great. nice. Yeah, that was great. And finally, I'd like to end my podcast with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell? Well, you think you do, Colin, but as I think as Craig Axon said a couple of weeks ago, they mostly you have to be there uh, in the moment to find it yeah. funny. So I've wrecked my brain about this <laughs> for a little while now. But back in the day, all the funny stories I have about removal, that when I started out working in Ilfie with the man and van, with the boys on the man and vans, and a guy called Curly, who had a, and still has, a removal business called Curly's Removals, and he's just generally the funniest man I've ever met. <laughs> he, used to, he used to have a red hand-painted LDV Luton van with a big hole in the bottom in the back. <laughs> I, fell, I fell down that hole several times. And down the side of the van where he's supposed to have ties, he would have a selection of women's underwear. <laughs> given to him over the years by... Oh, he said they were given to him over the years by happy clients. <laughs> but what, one client one, one day had to look on the back of the van and, and swore that he'd tied her underwear to the side of it without her permission. <laughs> I don't know where he got that from, but... <laughs> but oh, all my stories, my funny stories really involved Curly. Once, back in the day, and this is before It's Your Move existed, and I even had a van, but because I used to know a lot of people locally, and we... We, I met a couple and we managed to get their removal, myself and Curly, using his van to move them into store and then down to North Wales at a later date. Yeah. We called this couple Mrs. Mad. When you went into the house, the gentleman of the house, who was a former fighter pilot, oh. his wife kept telling me. So it was a bit sad to see him, but he was, he was in his late, maybe 60s, late 70s, and all he did was sit, sit in the chair all day smoking and drinking. Wow. You could see him through plumes of smoke. And then he, <laughs> he, he would just talk like Roly Birkin from uh, the Fast Show, if you ever saw Roly Birkin, QC <laughs> from the Fast Show, just muttered to himself. But his wife was a bit mad. So I'd already worked this out. But on the day of the removal, I, I got the job quite early. And Curly rocked up in his old red van a little bit later. He'd been to his daughter's birthday party the night before. And we're still drunk when he turned up for work at half past eight. So I thought, oh, God, here we go. This will be fun. So we, we, we start the removal, and I end up going running up and downstairs with the boxes, and, and I'm looking for Curly. I can't find Curly anywhere. Where's Curly? Eventually, I find him in the kitchen with the Mrs. Mad, as we call her, drinking whiskey. <laughs> He's feeding him whiskey at half past eight in the morning. I said, you can't give Curly whiskey at this time in the morning, love. It's like giving it to the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> so basically I, I, put, I hauled him out of the house I said, you get back on the back of the van you stay there out of the way and I'll bring the boxes to you because I couldn't stack a van at the time he could, he was a professional allegedly <laughs> so I was even bringing sofas out on my head so he didn't have to go in the house again because he'd, he'd just be keeping away from the whiskey so we took everything into we finally got everything on the van and into store then it came out of store two months later, and we delivered it to North Wales. We emptied, we opened the back of the container up, and all the, um, all the, I call it kindling, not, not wood. It was like all the dining chairs had been 
There was not one of them in one piece. It would be four oh, legs no. up, Danny. They're all, <laughs> it's all broken. It was horrendous. <laughs> the client at this point made out how shocked she was, but she, she'd she been the one supplying them with whiskey at half past eight in the morning. <laughs> so we eventually, we eventually unloaded it and set off back that night with a flea in our ear from the client about the damaged furniture and, and she sent the bill for the repair bill later on. And we set off back and there was, this, there was a weather forecast an impending gales coming from the Irish Sea. So we decided it was too far too risky taking the van back to West Yorkshire that night. We'd stop with overnight in Bangor, <laughs> uh, which is a university town. So we proceeded to get some digs in a pub in Bangor and went out for a night in Bangor. Got worse for wear, like you say, and we were drinking till about one o'clock in the morning in the nightclubs and bars of Bangor. Curly decides then he wants to take away, he wants to go for a meal. So we try to go get an Indian from an Indian restaurant. Which will give they'll give us a takeaway, but they won't let us sit down to eat. So we set off for a takeaway back to the hotel room, uh, the room above the pub. Should I say sorry? Realize in the room that there's no cutlery to eat the meal with. <laughs> so in a drunken state, attempt to eat this curry from, from with our hands on the floor in the room above the pub. <laughs> then go to bed and and think nothing else of it. Wake up in the morning. At half past seven, the sheer horror of seeing our handprints all over the walls in the room, like in day glow from the curry, where we tried to find the light to turn the lights <laughs> off. Now, with this handprints all over the wall, there's curry all over the floor. We just looked at each other, got our bags, and ran down the stairs to get out of the pub. We didn't even stay for breakfast. Uh, there's, a sign at the, there's a sign at the bottom of the stairs saying, no takeaway food to be eaten on these premises. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it with, with the day glow handprints all over the room walls. I mean, it doesn't sound that funny now, but it was hilarious at the time running out of the pub. <laughs> and that was the end of the Mrs. Mad's removal. It clearly got something, got a bill for all, repairing all the furniture. Really? Paul Taylor should, said I should tell you a story about the time when the, the gypsies stole a stone trough from the customer with dementia, but I'm not going to tell you that story. <laughs> Um, You're going to leave us hanging on that one. I'll leave you hanging for maybe another one for that. Yeah, there's, there's loads of stories you can tell <laughs> when you're dealing with the madness of clients and the industry. But yeah, that was one that always tickled me over the years when, when the client started serving curly whiskey at half past eight in the morning. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Dear, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. <laughs> is, yeah, yeah. Well, they, but there were they were different times for me. I was just starting out in the industry. You wouldn't get away with You wouldn't even dream of anything like that. No. I think the whole industry was different then as well. Yeah, yeah. It was nowhere near what it is now on a professional level. Well, Rod, many thanks for giving up your time this morning to record an episode with me. I truly appreciate your time. It's been an absolute pleasure, Colin. I look forward to listening to it. Thank you very much. Cheers now. Thank you. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 68 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Rod Hepworth of It's Your Move Ilkley for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Rod. If you would like to know more about It's Your Move Ilkley and the services they provide, then you will find links through in the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. 
And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And finally, I would like to pass my sincere condolences to the family, friends and staff of Eamon Finn of Allen Removals in Dublin, who passed away peacefully in his sleep on May the 17th after a short illness. I have very fond memories of being in Eamon's company over the years, and he will be sorely missed by all. Well, that is all from me, so until next time, keep moving. Bye.